Hey, it's Shannon Ballard. Your Southern Mysteries is an independent podcast. It's made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. So if you'd like to help, you can join Southern Mysteries on Patreon and you get a little something in return. You can hear more than 60 episodes in the Southern Mysteries archive, and you also have an option to support the show and hear exclusive monthly episodes that are new this year called The Lesser Knowns, stories of lesser-known figures related to major historical events. Join me on Patreon today and catch up on all the episodes you haven't heard at patreon.com slash southernmysteries. It's been 90 years since Mamie Thurman was brutally murdered in Logan County, West Virginia. While investigating the murder of the wife of a local policeman, authorities learned Mamie had been leading a double life. Someone stood trial for Mamie Thurman's murder, but the mysteries surrounding her life and death continue to this day. And some folks are convinced police arrested the wrong person. Welcome to Southern Mysteries, exploring the history and mysteries of the American South. I'm your host, Shannon Ballard. This is the mystery of the murder of Mamie Thurman. Born in rural Kentucky on September 12, 1900, Mamie Morrison was the daughter of a carpenter, George Morrison Sr. By the time she was three years old, Mamie's mother had passed away. It seems her father struggled as a single parent and may have abused his daughter. In 1928, Morrison was killed in a shootout with police in Ashland, Kentucky. We don't know what led to the shooting. We only know there was a fight and a rookie police officer shot and killed Morrison and later resigned. At the time her father died, Mamie was married to a police officer, Jack Thurman, who was 16 years her senior. The couple had moved to Logan County, West Virginia in 1924. Population, 2,500. They rented a two-room apartment over a garage on Harry and Louise Robertson's property. Harry Robertson was the Logan Public Library treasurer worked for the National Bank of Logan, and served as a city commissioner. He helped Jack Thurman get his job as a patrolman for the Logan Police Department. And Mamie worked at the bank with Harry for about a year. Jack Thurman worked nights and assumed his wife stayed close to home while he was on patrol. By day, Mamie Thurman was known as a mild-mannered, church-going woman who served as a treasurer for the Logan Women's Club. Heads turned when Mamie walked down the street in Logan. She was described by some as a soft-spoken beauty with an olive complexion, striking dark eyes, and brown hair. She never had a hair out of place with her fashionable flapper bob cut that symbolized throwing away old ideas of femininity. Her hairstyle and fashion sense did stir up some controversy in her small town in Logan County, West Virginia, a conservative region in the Bible Belt during the Great Depression. Not many people were thinking about the future. 
They were struggling to make their way through tough times. Some leaned into their faith in this part of the Bible Belt. Some threw caution to the wind and decided to live it up and have fun while they could. It seems Mamie enjoyed being in both worlds. She'd be at church on Sunday, dressed as conservatively as the rest of the women, and throughout the week would wear form-fitting dresses that were considered provocative. Mamie was confident in who she was, but Mamie Thurman had her secrets. When the 31-year-old raven-haired beauty died in 1932, she was leading a double life. The Thurmans lived in the Robertson's apartment for a little over eight years. Around 1930, Mamie started an affair with Harry Robertson. When darkness fell and Jack Thurman headed out to work, Mamie was bored and afraid to be home alone. She started frequenting a local speakeasy where she found new friends, loved to party, and spent time with Harry Robertson and other powerful men in Logan County who were a part of what was known as the Key Club. Harry Robertson didn't seem like a man who could win the heart of a dashing beauty like Mamie Thurman. In typical CPA fashion for the 1930s, he always dressed in pinstripe suits with a bow tie and pocket protector in his pocket. He's been described as average height, with close-set brown eyes, brown hair that was always greased back with tonic, and highlighted his receding hairline. When he wasn't sneaking into his backyard to see Mamie when her husband was away, he was meeting her at the speakeasy, which required a membership key for entry. It was known to locals as a den of iniquity, which mirrored Prohibition-era clubs focused on serving up liquor and drugs, along with illegal gambling and sex. Mamie Thurman wasn't shy about her love of men. She was in a relationship with her landlord and, by all accounts, had affairs with at least 12 men who were a part of that key club. The same could be said of other members of the club. We only know about Mamie's lovers— because on June 22, 1932, she was found murdered on 22 Mine Road. The road had once been used by a coal mine operation on Trace Mountain, about seven miles outside of Logan, West Virginia, but the mine had been closed for years. A young man who lived near Mine Road found Mamie in a patch of blackberries. Garland Davis who could not speak or hear, was picking blackberries near his family's property around 2 p.m. when he came across Mamie's mutilated body. Authorities determined Mamie had been shot twice in the head with a 38 caliber pistol. Her throat was slashed and her neck broken. She also had bruises above her right eye. A newspaper that reported on Mamie's murder wrote, There was little blood remaining in her body. This was overkill. The doctor who examined Mamie found she died instantly as a result of the gunshot wounds 
Her throat was cut with a knife found near her body. The slashing of her throat occurred after death. Mamie Thurman was wearing a blue cotton dress with white polka dots. The dye of her clothing had faded into her undergarments, which indicated she had been lying in the area during a heavy rain, which occurred a few hours before her body was found. By the time she was discovered on 22 Mine Road, near 2 p.m. Wednesday, authorities estimated Mamie Thurman had been dead at least 12 hours. Witnesses confirmed seeing Mamie alive around 7 p.m. on Tuesday, June 21st. She was home when a woman delivered laundry to the Thurman apartment. Mamie left with this woman and walked to a nearby store to get cash to pay for the laundry service. At 9 p.m., Mamie was seen walking near a theater in Logan. She was never seen alive again. Mamie's husband, Jack, was on patrol duty that night. He called home several times, but said he never got an answer. Something seemed off, and he reported her missing late Tuesday night. The day after Mamie's body was discovered, police searched the area where her body had been found. They came across her hat about 50 feet from the crime scene with a bullet hole in it. Police believed Mamie had been killed somewhere else and her body had been dumped on the remote mountain in an effort to hide her. Authorities also found her purse about 30 feet from where her body had been found. The killer had left behind the $8 inside, along with Mamie's watch. The killer had not taken Mamie's diamond engagement ring and silver wedding band, which meant the police ruled out robbery as the motive for murder. One detail police did not disclose to the public was a piece of paper found near Mamie's purse. On that paper was written an automobile license number. Authorities did not reveal that clue or the name under which the license was issued. Mamie Thurman's murder was a brutal one. It shook the community of Logan to the core, and the arrest that followed remains controversial to this day. When police learned that Mamie had been sleeping with the prominent Harry Robertson, they searched his home. There, they discovered bloody rags and a razor believed to have been used to cut Mamie's throat after death. Police also found blood in Harry Robertson's car. They questioned Harry and his driver, Clarence Stevenson. Clarence acknowledged he knew about the affair and often passed messages from Harry Robertson to Mamie Thurman when they needed to arrange a meetup. Clarence also admitted he helped cover up the affair, lied to Harry Robertson's wife when Harry and Mamie were together. Harry was an avid fox hunter, so Clarence would tell Mrs. Robertson her husband was hunting if she asked why he wasn't at home. Knowing Clarence Stevenson had been a confidant and trusted by Harry Robertson, police believed Harry or Clarence had murdered Mamie Thurman, and one was covering for the other. Both men were arrested, but denied any involvement in Mamie's murder. At the preliminary hearing, Harry Robertson 
admitted to a relationship with Mamie and said the last time he saw her was the Saturday before her death. Robertson claimed he was at home in bed by 11 o'clock Tuesday night, well before Mamie Thurman's estimated time of death. His attorney also presented the names of 16 men claiming all had slept with Mamie in the year preceding her murder. He argued all of these men and anyone aware of their involvement had motive to murder her. At his preliminary hearing, Clarence Stevenson explained to police he did what his boss told him to do, care for his dogs, accompanied him on fox hunts, and helped on projects around the house. He said he had no reason to hurt Mamie Thurman. 29-year-old Clarence Stevenson was born in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and had little formal education. He moved to Logan in 1923 to work in a local coal mine. Stevenson would later go to work for Harry Robertson, living in the attic of Robertson's home while doing odd jobs and occasionally serving as his driver. Clarence Stevenson was described in newspapers as a different-looking kind of man, and one paper noted his forehead stuck out. Clarence had been injured while driving a delivery wagon. He was struck on the forehead, which left a prominent large gash in the middle of his head. From everything printed about Clarence Stevenson around the time of his arrest, it seems he had a good relationship with locals. He was a familiar part of life in Logan. People found it hard to believe he or Harry Robertson could be involved in Mamie's murder. There was one thing that worked in Harry Robertson's favor at his hearing. He was a prominent white man in the Bible Belt in the 1930s. When a grand jury convened that September, there was no murder indictment handed down for Robertson. His handyman and driver, Clarence Stevenson, was a black man in the Bible Belt in the 1930s. He was indicted for the murder of Mamie Thurman, which left the town in shock all over again. Clarence Stevenson's trial was standing room only. Spectators listened to the circumstantial evidence based on the blood in Robertson's car that Stevenson drove. The prosecutor claimed the blood in that car belonged to the murder victim, Mamie Thurman. But Clarence Stevenson's defense argued it was his client's blood. Following the accident that had left his face disfigured, Clarence was prone to nosebleeds. But witnesses for the prosecution sealed Stevenson's fate when they testified they had seen him driving near the area where Mamie Thurman's body was discovered. The jury deliberated less than an hour before delivering a guilty verdict. They did recommend mercy, a life sentence, rather than death. At sentencing, Stevenson explained he had no knowledge of the crime he was accused of and said he had tried to tell the truth. He hoped the police would continue to look for Mamie's killer because the guilty party was not behind bars. There were doubts about Stevenson's conviction. The NAACP partnered with churches in Logan County to raise money for his appeal. But the appeal failed. Clarence Stevenson died in prison 
1942, shortly after being diagnosed with stomach cancer. Decades on, there is the belief that two people suffered injustice in Logan County in 1932. Mamie Thurman, who had been so brutally murdered, and Clarence Stevenson, who may have gone to prison for a crime he did not commit. Lots of folks around Logan County were convinced all the news coverage of the trial made it impossible for Clarence to get a fair trial. Some even believed the witnesses who testified they had seen Clarence driving near the road where Mamie's body was discovered had been paid off to testify against him. Paid off by one of the 16 prominent men in town who had been on the list of Mamie's lovers presented in court by Harry Robertson. Mamie Thurman's half-brother, George Morrison Jr., returned to Logan County in the early 1980s. He wanted to answer questions that haunted him. He had built a successful life as a lawyer in New Mexico, but throughout his career, he kept looking back and said he questioned Clarence Stevenson's guilt. He also wanted to solve the mystery of where his sister was buried. Mamie Thurman's death certificate notes she was buried at Logan Memorial Park in McConnell, West Virginia. But newspapers printed statements around the time of her death, saying her body would be transported to Bradfordsville, Kentucky, for burial. George Morrison published a book inspired by his trip to West Virginia, but he was never able to get definitive answers. In 2019, a Logan County magistrate, Dwight Williamson, wrote a column about Mamie Thurman's murder in the Coal Valley News. He shared that in 1985, he spoke with a local woman named Ruth Morris. She had attended Mamie Thurman's funeral in McConnell. He also spoke with 75-year-old Elsie Burgess, whose father was a caretaker at Logan Memorial in McConnell. Elsie was 17 years old when he helped his father dig the grave for Mamie Thurman. He told Williamson he also helped his father finish the burial after Mamie's funeral. He claimed a small metal nameplate was placed at her gravesite. This is the way burial sites are identified for the placement of a headstone. But a headstone was never placed. Mamie Thurman's husband, Jack, paid $700 for the funeral, but never had a headstone placed at his wife's grave. That move made many people wonder if Jack was hiding something. He was identified as being on patrol the night his wife was killed and maintained he never knew about her lovers. He assumed she was always at home when he was at work. But how does a police officer in a town of 2,500 people not hear, at the very least, rumors about his wife's liaisons? The day Mamie Thurman's body was discovered, Jack Thurman was inside Logan National Bank when Harry Robertson got the call that Mamie had been found dead. Clarence Stevenson was at the bank as well. At trial, Clarence testified that Jack Thurman cried out that his life was over when he learned his wife was dead. Harry Robertson was so concerned about Jack's well-being he asked Clarence to take Jack's gun, 
so he couldn't hurt himself. Clarence didn't disarm Jack. A fellow officer did. The weapon Jack handed over to the officer was his standard issue, 38 caliber revolver. No one knows what happened to that weapon. To this day, there's no clear motive as to why Clarence Stevenson would murder Mamie Thurman. He was loyal to Harry Robertson, but you'd imagine if he knew his boss was responsible for the murder, his loyalty would have ended once Clarence was on trial and facing a death sentence. When Clarence did speak up at his sentencing and claimed the guilty party was still out there, who was he referring to? Jack Thurman? Harry Robertson? Or one of the 16 men Robertson claimed Mamie had slept with in the year before her death? These lingering questions about the man convicted of murdering her, along with her character assassination at trial and uncertainty about her final resting place, seem to have left Mamie Thurman unable to rest in peace. To this day, there are reported sightings of Mamie wandering along 22 Mine Road. Logan County legend says truck drivers traveling near the area where Mamie's body was found would often pick up a woman wearing old-fashioned clothing. Moments after this woman was in their cab, they would look over to see no one in the seat. She just disappeared. There have been reports of a woman wearing a blood-stained blue polka dot dress wandering along the back roads of Logan County. Someone wanted to make Mamie Thurman suffer, and it seems her suffering is never-ending. Her husband, Jack, remarried within a year of Mamie's murder. He was 49 years old. His new wife was 22. For the man who said his life was over when Mamie was murdered, he seemed at peace. If you believe the stories told about Mamie around Logan County, it seems that peace continues to elude her as she aimlessly wanders and waits for justice that will never come. Southern Mysteries is created and hosted by me, Shannon Ballard. As always, you can find the sources for this episode and more about the show at southernmysteries.com. If you want to hear even more of Southern Mysteries, you should join me on Patreon. Thanks to my new patrons, Megan from Bulls Gap, Tennessee, Tana Leah from Newmarket, Alabama, Cynthia from Louisville, Kentucky, and Donna supporting from a mysterious location. Appreciate your support, which makes it possible to share these Southern mysteries. For those of you who haven't joined yet, as a thanks for your support of this show, you get to hear more than 60 episodes in the show archive. These are the early seasons of Southern Mysteries that are available exclusively on Patreon. There's also an option to support the show and hear an episode of the patron-exclusive Lesser Knowns podcast each month. Learn how to sign up and start listening to episodes you've missed today at southernmysteries.com or at patreon.com slash southernmysteries. 
And remember, an easy and free way to support the show, as always, is to rate and review Southern Mysteries where you're listening now. It really does help other people discover the show. Thank you so much for that. And thanks for listening to Southern Mysteries. Southern Mysteries.